From your local Houston BMW Center Studios, welcome to the Public Affairs Podcast, addressing local issues that affect our nation and shape our world. I'm your host, KG Smooth, a very uh, congested KG Smooth this morning, uh, now that it is officially spring, and uh, you know, the trees are doing what they do, and the pollen is uh, having an effect. I'm glad I'm, I'm getting it early, though, get it. Get it in and and get it done. And yes, this is is just allergies. I'm sure some of y'all are probably thinking like, "You sure you ain't got COVID?" I thought y'all heard Vladimir Putin ended COVID. It's amazing. No, but uh, this morning I've got on the phone line a um, good friend of mine, one of my favorite people in Houston, Texas. She is the founder and CEO of Houston on the Map. Ladies and gentlemen, Sasha M. Mays is back on. The Public Affairs Podcast. Well, you haven't been on this show yet, but when, when it was Access Houston, you know, you had came on. So uh, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Also, um, she is a mayoral candidate and a Houston police officer. Please welcome Robin Williams. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. Thank you. Thank you. I do apologize for my voice as well. Um, just training, being a police officer so bear with me and thank you for graciously allowing us to be on your platform today but of course um a lot of situations you see a lot of situations um on social media going on when it comes to um this parent annihilation uh parent alienation excuse me um for those who may not be just familiar with everything that is going on with you know mothers fighting to uh, have a say in their child's life and just uh, all these caught-ups with the courts and and and, and things Sasha you, you know just tell the people what's going on and about uh, baby bear rally okay thank you so uh, the parental alienation is not based only uh um, regarding like mothers, it's literally it's parents across the board. You have fathers, you have grandparents, you have aunts, you have uncles, you have your caretakers, your adopted parents. So what that is is basically it's specifically a strategy where one parent intentionally displays to the child unjustified negativity aimed at the other parent. So and that's the purpose to damage the child's relationship with the other parent and to turn the child's emotions against the other parent. So you grow up having a broken home. You know, I know people physically live in separate homes, but you're not allowed to have access or relationships with that other parent. So there are things that you may be growing up missing and that it affects you emotionally. Mm. And um did you- the rally. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Let me let me explain. What, and and the rally, Baby Bear Rally, April 25th. That's um, dedicated initially to Parental Alienation Day. So that's why we chose that day as Parental Alienation Awareness Day. Okay. So we're going to be meeting downtown at Discovery Green 9:30, and we're going to march. People are going to have their signage with their message, um, who they're fighting for, what changes they would like to see within the system. And we're going to be marching down to City Hall uh, there where we'll be having speakers um, to inform, uh, to explain what we're doing and why we're doing it. Indeed. And and, and to give people um, more of a, a better 
a better perspective or just to know what's going on. Um, briefly explain like that uh, video of the young man who was trying to get uh, his child that was going around on social media that ended up uh, going viral. Uh, I forgot his name escapes me uh, right now. But um, I think that uh, Sasha, I think you might have sent me that post. You know what I'm talking about? Um, if, if I'm not mistaken, like what's going on is you have the, for instance, the parent alienating the child. So from there, you have to deal with law enforcement because okay, you're trying to seek help, right? But when law enforcement get involved, they're only limited as to what they can do. Um, so you get a call from law, you can have a court order and based on certain policies and procedures that are currently in place that we're seeking to get fixed and adjusted, um, they can only go so far. Um, there are, there's a certain law that's in place that, that's, can't, that's not being implemented because law enforcement can only go so far. So you have law enforcement and then you have to go to the court system. And that's where the huge problem lies. You have these parents that are not able to get help from law enforcement because of their limits. And then you have the court system, the maze of documentation, the maze of paperwork that you have to file from between each document. There's a waiting period a lot of the times, which could be 60 days. Sometimes could be gone for three years before you can even see a judge. So parents are having to deal with this while having to uh, experience missing their child during the process. So it's broken to where it's not benefiting the child or the parent that's seeking help. Um, and if Robin can expand on her experience being in law enforcement, what um, issues she faced when getting these calls regarding um, interference with child custody when a parent, the other parent A or B is interfering with yes. that, um, mm -hmm. yeah, that custody, yeah. Yeah, um, uh, Officer Williams, could you, uh, could you share? Your Absolutely. The young man you're talking about, his name is Trey the Truth. Um, the video that's going around, it just shows that it doesn't matter um, your status in society. It doesn't matter your wealth. It doesn't matter your name, that this is a common problem all around the United States. Um, just speaking as a police officer, I you know, I get, I'm going to give you three scenarios so that you can just understand it. We have the sure. scenario with the grandparents. Um, mom may not be physically able to care for the child. The uh, child ends up in the grandmother's custody. I arrive on scene. Um, the complainant, which is the mother, is, you know, she's visibly upset. Hey, my mother is raising my children like this. She won't let me do this. And she wasn't even a good mother to me growing up. And at that moment, I have to put on my counseling cap and say, listen, the main objective is the child. We have to remember the village. And at this moment, something has prevented you from being able to raise your child on your own. So we have to accept the fact that grandmother stepped up and prevented that child from going to CPS. So we have to put all that negativity we have behind us and let that child see mother and grandmother standing in unity and fighting on that child's behalf to have the best future. And you know what, mom goes, you know what, you're right, Officer Williams, grandmother 
says, you know what, you're right. And you know, at that moment, it means a little piece of their broken heart. And then you move to situation two. You have two parents that just had a nasty divorce. Parent A, parent B does not like each other. Um, they're going back and forth saying nasty things in front of the child. And now I'm this police officer, this sense of authority. When parents and children are our authority, but they see police officers, and they're like, oh, my God, what is going on? So I have to tell them, hey, go ahead and place the child in the vehicle. Listen, mom and dad, I know you're not liking each other right now, but we cannot do this. You cannot threaten dad, dad, you cannot threaten mom. Then we are, you know, introducing criminal activity. You know, I know that um, it's been a tumultuous divorce, but the bottom line is the child. Let's do it for the child. Let's remember childhood trauma does exist. We don't want this child to grow up, and then that childhood trauma bleeds over to adulthood trauma. So they're like, you know what? You're right, Officer Williams. We, I, I could put my differences aside so that my son and my daughter see both parents in the best light. Then you have um, situation C, where we have a, a parent A and parent B. They do not like each other. Parent A is ultimately preventing parent B from seeing the child. And they're like, I don't, they have a visible court order. I'm reading it. I'm saying, listen, parent A, parent, this is parent B weekend. I don't care about the court order. I don't want my child around parent B at all. This is my child. So, and then parent B fired back. I, you know, that's just as much as my child as yours. And you know what? I have, you know, parent A is like, I'm, I'm not letting my kid go with you. So I cannot, as a police officer, force that 5, 7, 13-year-old to go and say, you have to go with parent B, because we don't know what to happen. You know, we give them to parent B and something catastrophic happens, not saying that it will, but we see these stories on the news where parent B or parent A does something to the child. Mm -hmm. And so we try to prevent that by saying, hey, we don't force children to go with parent B because it's the weekend. What I can do for you is document it, and every officer should document it. That person that has been restricted from, from gaining access to that child should have some form of documentation, whether it's an event number, a report number, a case number, however you want to identify it. And we type up the notes and state that parent A visibly refused and denied the court order. And that should help parent B. But when they make it from the criminal side of it to the civil side, they get to the courtroom uh, correction. They get to the courthouse and they're like, what do I do? What's my steps? And then you have someone behind a cubicle that's saying, hey, I'm not an attorney. I can't tell you what to do. You need to get an attorney. When that shouldn't even happen, they should always provide them with the five W's, you know, customer service. Hey, okay, this is the filing fee. After your application is and all your documents are accepted, you go on to go online and submit for a court date. Then you will have a court date with a judge via Zoom or in person. But that does not happen. So now this person leaves the courtroom, uh, courthouse correction courthouse and they're like hey that officer lied to me they told me that um this event number report number case number will help me but it's like it's a waste of time and they go and they're just 
courage in fighting for that child. Mm. You listen to the Public Affairs Podcast. We're talking to Houston police officer and mayoral candidate Robin Williams and Sasha Mays, who was the founder and CEO of Houston on the Map. Uh, the Baby Bear Rally is happening on uh, April 23rd, 930, uh, down at Discovery Green. Uh, it's a rally. Uh, it, it, it's a march, the Baby Bear Rally. Uh, is it called to fight for the children? 25th. Uh, I'm sorry? The 25th? The 25th. What did yes. I just say? The 23rd. The tw- uh because I'm looking at some April 25th, April 25th, 930 uh, at Discovery Green. Um, the baby bear rally, as Sasha said earlier, uh, when the program began, they've been fighting for children who are being held against their will. And, and we're inviting everyone out to uh, share their story with this situation and uh, the child that they are fighting for. Um, Sasha, um, what is it that you hope to happen at this rally? Um, oh, my hope ultimately is to provoke change within the system. So we're basically want to get the lawmakers, um, different legislators to come together to literally evaluate what's currently in place, anything dealing with a child, their process, those policies. It's restructure and create something separate, restructure that, um, separate clerk, separate judge, separate process. We're not asking them to get rid of their fees involved, but just restructure it to where it benefits the child, to where the parent is actually, um, the guardian receives help that way and not have to go through years of paperwork or legal fees involved when it comes to the child. Um, that's my hope is to provoke change within the current system and to create something new for children. Okay. Um, and, and Officer Williams, what, what about you? What are you looking forward to? My goal um, as the mayoral candidate is to really rebuild that village. You know, as a police officer, I see uh, the effects of parental alienation. You know, we respond to... Um, avid runaways that no longer want to be in parent A or parent B house because parental alienation has literally distorted their mind. You know, um, I see uh, children falling into the system, abusing illicit drugs, getting into criminal activity, all because this is a sign of them really lashing out at their parents, saying, hey, I'm upset and I'm hurt. And I, I want to heal our generation of children so that they can become our next doctors, our lawyers, our next mayors. This, my whole objective is to bring the village back together. You know, the old Abbey states, it takes a village to raise a child. Remember back when your childhood, when your grandmother, your aunties, your uncles, your older cousins, you know, they helped mold you into the person you are today. So we've gone so far away from tradition and really keeping that village um, around us. I really want to make sure that our children are safe and that they don't fall victim to society. I don't want to see them arrested. Uh, so, uh, so many times I arrest people and, um, and, you know, I always put my counseling cap on 
and I'm, they're in my back seat, and they're like, hey, you know, I, my childhood is the reason I did this. If I had my dad, if I had my mom, you know, when my grandmother passed away, everything for me went downhill. This is why I'm doing it. And I hear it so often, and it just takes me back to that village. Man, it, the system is so incredibly flawed i mean it's beyond flawed it's just uh it's trash the system is straight up trash and um and how it operates and especially um how it affects the family unit the mother the father um and the child and um you know these people they know what they're doing that's why they're continuing to do this it's such a domino effect with how everything is it, it's really just mm -hmm. I, I don't even know what to say, to be honest. I mean, it's just, um, I just want people to wake up and, and, and realize that this whole thing has been specifically designed to keep you in a certain state um, so you won't be able to prosper and have civil conversations or decisions about your child. Like, it's just, you know, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I, I guess yeah. I'm just frustrated with society and, and, and the systems and human beings. And it's just like, ah, oh, wake up already. Gee whiz. I can, yeah, see, I can see how God is so annoyed by his children when he puts everything in your face and you still like, what? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Like Martin Luther King say, like, if justice must be exposed, let us all protest injustice. And there's another quote by Gandhi, make injustice visible. And that's what we're planning on doing. Mm -hmm. Yes. And just really bringing, as a mental health trained police officer, the baby bear rally is so near and dear to me because I know what it's like to, you know, stand toe-to-toe -to -toe with this juvenile that criminal offense, you know, uh, police officers have the authority whether to arrest or not on certain crimes, mm -hmm. not all crimes, certain crimes. And, you know, again, it goes back to that village. That mental health is real. When they see grandparents and conservators and guardians and aunts and uncles, when they see the village fighting, you know, you have to worry about their mental health. Are yep. they okay? Yep. Um, are the scars ever going to heal? You know, think back on something that happened in your childhood that was toxic or remembering your parents argue. How did that make you feel? We don't want these children to um, turn to self-harm. Scared. You know, um, illicit drugs. We don't want this. So the Baby Bear Rally, April 25th at 930 at Discovery Green is so important. You know, oftentimes, and even looking at it from a political standpoint, most politicians say the education is key. We have to get to the underlying surface. Mental health is key. We have to make sure that this village is restored and that this is not a political stunt, that we really, really try to heal our children because they are indeed our future. Yes, indeed. Um, before we get out of here, where can people go get more information on the uh, baby bear rally and 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 all things 
Um, we have a page on Instagram. We just created a Baby Bear Rally um, at, at that's on Instagram. So Baby Bear Rally just straight out, or you can email us at Baby Bear Rally US at Gmail. Baby Bear Rally US at Gmail. Right, and the most popular is the phone number, 832-460-2672. That's 832-460-2672. Sasha Mays, the owner and founder of Houston on the Map and mayoral candidate and HPD officer, Robin Williams, thank you, ladies, for coming on this morning. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. I am a full-time officer. I work in Fort Bend and Harris County. I patrol both Harris and Fort Bend County. Nice. All right. Well, Sasha, we'll see you at the rally. Thank you all so much. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Have a good day. You too. And for everyone listening to the podcast, we'll be back after this. From your local Houston BMW Center studios, welcome back to the Public Affairs Podcast, addressing local issues that affect our nation and shape our world. I'm your host, KG Smooth. Um, Excited to have back an old friend who used to uh, send me clients and frequent on the show when it was known as Access Houston. My man, Fulte. Fulte. Long time, KG. Long time. Yeah, man. Like you, you got a whole new position now. You're, you're Comcast Senior Director of Internal Communications and Public Relations. And uh, man, I get a text. You hit me up out the blue. Like, hey, you still have Radio <laughs> One? I'm like, yeah, man. Hey, this great. You know, moving program. on up. Moving on up, still doing a lot of good for the community. You know, that's what it's about. A- absolutely. Absolutely. But we're also joined on the line by Ms. Jamila Berg. Um, who is just like every mother out there that's, you know, trying to do what she can for herself and her kids. And um, we're going to talk about this new program that uh, the Biden administration has kicked off, the Affordable Connectivity Program, uh, also known as ACP. Uh, Vice President Kamala Harris, uh, she announced it a few weeks ago, um, asking some Internet companies to uh, get the word out. Um, about this. So, what what is the Affordable Connectivity Program exactly? So, it's really unprecedented. Never in the history of this country have we had a program like this. It's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity that we here at Comcast are really proud to support. It gives eligible households a monthly credit towards their internet and mobile service. Uh, and the the credit that it gives you is eligible households who enroll in the program get up to $30 of a monthly credit towards their internet. Eligible tribal households who enrolled in the program get $75 of a monthly credit. And really the goal of the program is to help those low-income households connect and stay connected to the transformative power of the internet for work, school, healthcare, and more. You know how we've been tested by this pandemic and still going through it. And it really affects a number of families in the Houston area. This is a real profound program that everyone in Houston needs to know about. Yeah, too bad they didn't think of this sooner. Like, this would have been nice uh, before the pandemic, or at least during the pandemic, to roll out. I mean, kids have been, you know, schooling from home. The teachers, 
everything. I've I heard of situations where the child was not able to attend class. Why? Because there was no internet at the house. So um, I mean, better That's late right. than never. Uh, and I'm not complaining. I'm just saying, like, wow, these are, you know, I, uh, Lord, please don't get me started. But th- these are the things that, you know, kill me about how the system is set up and what the government does sometimes you know that the need is there you see that the need is there you have the ability and the resources to make something like the affordable connectivity program but yet yep you know we 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 you know they drag their feet um well so, kg mm-hmm. I, I do want to add in all fairness because you know mm-hmm. i'm gonna be fair in all fairness the government did roll out a temporary program at the start of the pandemic called the Emergency Broadband Benefit Program. That did help a number of households in this very same way, but that program has now expired and they've replaced it with the Affordable Connectivity Program. This is a more longer term program. Okay. Okay. I received that. Uh, Jamila. Um, well, wait, before I get to you, Jamila. Um, is there a certain, um, in terms of the connectivity and um, the, 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 the download speeds that you have, is that determined by the size of the family and the household? It depends on, you know, uh, the speed of the Internet, or is it just one, flat, you know, everybody gets uh, the same speed type of deal? So we have different speeds that you can choose from with using this ACP program. Um, that we have a program called Internet Essentials Plus, and that offers high-speed internet, 100 megabits per second download speeds, and that's enough to power an entire home and all the needs that you would need for virtual learning, for going to those uh, virtual uh, doctor's visits, uh, for doing video calls, working from home, um, it, and it's free with the Affordable Connectivity Program credit. Indeed. Uh- Jamila, I am interested to to just to hear your story, if if you don't mind, just share your story uh, with us, and and then tell us how ACP has uh, helped you and your family. Well, hello everyone. Um, so my story is I came in contact with the ACP program through Comcast through my daughter's school program, and um, during the time I didn't have the internet anymore because I just, I couldn't afford the internet service. So my children didn't have access to their assignments. I didn't have access to my work assignments because you can only, you know, use so much data on your phone. So once I came in contact with this program, uh, the process was easy. Uh, It was connected fast. Um, Me and my family had more time to spend at home. We didn't have to go to the library or, you know, to family and friends' houses. So I didn't even realize how important the Internet service was until we didn't have it anymore. Like, that took a lot of time out of our household because they had, you know, work assignments and things to do. They didn't have access to the school system anymore. So um, this program really helped, and I, I really appreciate this ACP program. Indeed. I do. So, so did you all have to? The kids had to do it the old school way. What? Or did they like go to a friend's house, or maybe have to go to a yeah, local like library or something? 
in friends' houses, and the library is only open at certain hours, you know? So, like, it was it was hectic, and it took away so much time that after, you know, they go to school, they come home, they have these online assignments. We didn't have time to, like, get dinner ready and just, you know, catch up. We had to go straight to the library, and then by the time we come home, it's bedtime. So it took just a lot of time away from, like, family time. Yeah, that's got to be. Man, that's got to you know? be tough, but, you know, it's here now. Yeah, huh? so now mm-hmm. that we have the program, like, you know, they're they're both able to go their separate ways and, you know, do their assignments, and I could work on my assignment and, you know, have